This is iUniverse Radio, brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio is your opportunity to hear firsthand from authors about their new books. It's an in-depth discussion about the author's passion about the development of his or her story in their own words. It's an inside look into the characters and the plot and how the story all came together. Here is iUniverse Radio. Greetings for iUniverse. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The title is Leadership Rites of Passage, The Journey of the Aspiring Leader and the Methods of the Mentor. Joining me is the author, Rick Terrell. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Jay. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. My pleasure. Your book is uh, 197 pages, so it's not an extensive read. Uh, You have uh, written other books also, I guess, dealing with this subject material. Tell me a little about yourself. Have you uh, always had a desire to be a a writer, an author, uh, or have you uh, focused on leadership uh, in your career? Yeah, good question. Tell me a little about yourself. You got right to the hard question quick. Absolutely. I, I can tell you, Jay, every day for me is a good day. I I help people and I help companies move up to the next higher level. And uh, I've never um, looked at myself actually as an author. The books that I've written have been kind of a byproduct of the work that I was doing. Um, I will say I have a, an unusual combination of skills. So first, with some humility, I can say that I believe I'm a competent businessman, and in that I've started and grown two firms, the second of which, Navigator Group, started 25 years ago looking at uh, corporate culture and strategy, corporate strategy, and that gave me an, an enormous opportunity to observe leaders at all levels and to see their sequential leadership challenges, uh, and I became fascinated with leadership and questions about who did it well and who didn't do it so well. And then the second competency I have is that I'm a PhD psychologist and I started life as that, a mm. PhD psychologist. So I guess it's, uh, it's, that's the two levers that I would say that's what I, that's me. That, that's a little unusual being a psychologist, a clinical psychologist, and being involved in the business world. Do you, do you often walk into a room and begin analyzing people, or how did you how do you use that skill? <laughs> I, no matter what they say, I stroke my chin and say, hmm, tell me more. <laughs> uh, is there, um, well, is, and is there a couch nearby that we can maybe? maybe. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it is really not a very common combination to have that clinical psychology background and to um, be capable with leadership, I mean, with business. So um, anyway, it's not surprising that I'd end up being interested in leadership you know, I talked to a lot of authors and uh, interviewed over 1,800 of them, and there's no way to. It's like uh, most careers, I think. When you talk to someone, they may have started out to be a uh, podiatrist and end up being a back surgeon. <laughs> I don't know. It's just everything's yeah, every, yeah. everybody's unique. Uh, I started off in a different career and have ended up where I'm at, personally, at this point. It's a little unusual for a psychologist to do so, but also to segue into leadership. Leadership is a very 
uh, unusual, not unusual, but a very often talked about uh, subject matter. There are a lot of leadership books in the marketplace. Why did you choose to pursue leadership as something that was your your hot button, the one that you felt you could share and uh, help businesses grow with? Well, uh, so, Jay, um, uh, this book came out of my frustration with what's out there. Um, some leadership books are just pep talks, and some are collections of tips. And there are many which leave the leader without any tools or methods, you know. Uh, so this was a huge frustration for me. I will say there are some wonderful works out there, the leadership classics. So I started out trying to write a lit review, but the topic of leadership is kind of boring without the story of a person. So this book is a leadership fable about a man and his mentor. In fact, in 16 chapters, the reader listens in on 16 mentoring sessions between these two men, word for word, and it shows the work the leader does in his long journey toward becoming an extraordinary leader. And it shows how delicately and uh, deftly the mentor draws out each next leadership challenge for his mentee. So this is a book about, well, it's a book for aspiring leaders and for mentors. Uh, I can say the chapters are brief and intended to be usable. The lessons are, uh, tangible. Excellent approach. Your one chapter talks about the second rite of passage. Know what you are, know where you yeah. are, and I was looking for the third one, perhaps, uh, know who you are. Is that, is that something <laughs> something you also have dealt with? Yes, yes. So Sagan Cruz, that's the name of the, of the uh, mentor, he tells Joe, listen, I'm going to send you on four missions. And inside these missions, there will be a rite of passage inside each one. Um, and the four missions are, first, take the lead. And then second, create followers. You know, a look at followership. And the third is become a leader of leaders. But the question you ask is, what about taking a look at yourself? That's the fourth mission, master the psychology of leadership. You know, know why you're here understand your own dynamics and understand the dynamics of others. So within these four missions, there are 16 rites of passage. These are challenges that call to a leader and ask him to do something difficult that's difficult for him. And some of the early ones are kind of obvious, like take the lead, but they're not easy to do. None of these are easy. And if the leader declines to master the challenge that this rite of passage is, is calling him to, it will never stop calling to him. So for example, uh, a, a basic example, think of a leader who cannot have that difficult conversation with an employee, just they, it kills them. They can't do it. And they do a terrible job of it. Yes. Yes. Um, they must master that. It doesn't need to be fun, but, you know, it's kind of a loving thing to do to call them in and say, you know, um, we, we chose you because we believe you can do what we do and we think you can really enhance our organization. But here are some things that are just not working. We need to talk about this. So let's say the leader declines to become masterful at this. Um, that passage 
will never stop calling to him or her throughout the entire course of their career uh, until they master it. But that, so the book starts with those easy, like the low hanging fruit, and it moves up to more and more advanced leadership challenges. And although this book is a leadership book designed for those in business as your primary target, this is something that can be adapted to any phase of life, including family relationships, I would think. Well, yes, uh, good leadership in a family is a good thing. You know, um, there's a thing called collaborative leadership. And if the family is well-functioning enough, you know, seek the, the input from everyone and, and use, use that to chart a path forward in some way. Yeah, so in, in order to tell a story, I needed to create a leader. And uh, I did. His name is Joe Miller, and I needed to put him in a context. So the context here is a business environment. However, these leadership rites of passage are universal, and certainly there are more than 16. So the story could easily have been in a charitable organization, school system, religious organization, or even the military, you know, in each these same progressively more advanced challenges would call out to the leader. This book is intended to help those leaders identify and define those challenges and see the pathway to mastery of each. All of this is a journey toward extraordinary leadership. That's the goal. Get this person up eventually to that level where they could be called that. And the style is conversational, uh, almost like a novel, and we're eavesdropping on things that are happening in the uh, main character's life. Is that also accurate? Yes. So that there are 16 leadership rites of passage, and Joe Miller goes to visit his mentor 16 times, and the reader listens in, so to speak. Well, if you get the audio book, you really do listen in. Uh, to their exact conversations and listens to how Joe subtly resists. He doesn't know he's resisting and how Sagan, the mentor, gently and carefully draws out that next leadership challenge for Joe based on what Joe is saying. So, for example, a mentor could read this book and say, I'm going to become the mentor that is Sagan Cruz in this book. I can do what he's doing. I can do that. So that's the idea. Beautifully put. Well done. I'm understanding there is a positive feedback on this, and already it's getting some traction. Is that also accurate? Yes, it's been remarkable. So um, the one thing I worried about was whether or not to let the critics review the book. You know, um, they can be quite brutal, and they know what's good and what's <laughs> not. Absolutely. Well, we did listen to the critics, and their critiques were amazingly positive. Um, the U.S. Review of Books called it alluring and um, an incredibly compelling narrative. And they said something like it's an instant must-have guide for building a successful leadership foundation. And the Pacific Book Review uh, had similar positive comments and gave it star status. And um, it's been referred for a book award, which shocks me, uh -huh. um, really. But of course, <laughs> I haven't won a book award. <laughs> well, you can always, since, well, since you're a writer, you could probably uh, compose something on your computer and hang it on the wall, you know, an yeah. award of some type, yeah. I've had to do that a few times yet. 
Now, the, the Rick Terrell Award. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, uh, again, There's you say there's 16 different steps, basically, that you have outlined in your book, if I'm understanding it yeah. correctly. Is there some, right. are you building from easy to most difficult toward the end of the book? How do you, uh, how did you structure this? Well, I would say it goes from basic to most advanced. Um, and so basic it's easy to see what those are. The very example I gave, giving somebody difficult feedback, right? That all comes under take the lead, be the leader, right? So, so far, so good. But the mentor and the student can see that's what I need to do. But what happens when someone is a pretty good leader? They're, they're good. Um, the, often the mentor and the mentee run out of what to talk about, and then they talk about external things. This happened at work, that happened at work. Well, you should try this. And it becomes, they, they plateau, right? Right. And that's be only because they can't detect what the next leadership challenge is, but it's there. Because one of the assumptions in this book is that we never cross the finish line. I mean, think if you could resurrect the greatest leader you think, your opinion in history, it could be Martin Luther King, it could be George Washington, it could be just any of them, and bring them back to life and say, okay, you're going to resume your work tomorrow. Now, do you have any leadership skill or ability that you'd like to further develop? I think they all would say yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Across the finish, the problem is they become harder and harder to detect. And so that's what this book does is unveil those subtle and murky ones that are lurking there for an advanced leader. And so progressively, these 16 get to be more and more sophisticated, more and more advanced. Uh, can you give us an example specifically in contemporary times of a, a rite of passage that's difficult to detect? I mean, if I were to walk in a room and see a uh, uh, maybe a sales session in, in uh, a sales meeting in session with the sales director in front of the room, is there a <laughs> subtle way I could uh, maybe ad uh, identify that rite of passage being in being used in that scenario? Well, yes. So in sales, what I would look for there is something like, is this man or woman able to create a team of teams? So he's got a sales team. Well, that's great. But salespeople, they love to make promises out there to customers and then you go inside, let's say it's a manufacturing facility, you go inside the shop and they say, you know, sales says we promised half a million widgets by one month from now. And manufacturing says, yeah, we don't make widgets. We don't have a supply chain for widgets. What's up with sales? <laughs> so there's always arm wrestling. In fact, it's an expected tension, right, inside Absolutely. that organization. Absolutely. Well, what does the leader do to create a team of teams? And for the mentor to say, okay, you're now, you now need to be a leader of leaders. And they need to more than collaborate with each other. They need to be like a Venn diagram with the two circles overlapping each other so that your effort to become a leader of leaders creates a team of teams. Well, that's pretty sophisticated stuff. And if no one can pull that trigger and announce, here's our work, then the sales keeps arm wrestling with manufacturing, et cetera. 
Um, but the leader often can't just walk in and sit down and say that. As some of some of this is intuitive also. I know people who just happen to be born with some DNA that makes them an outstanding uh, person that you want to gravitate and work with or work, work uh, under. Uh, is this also a learned uh, technique? At least it must be from what you've described. Well, yes. The, so I've already sort of uh, unraveled one of the two assumptions of this book, which is that we never cross the finish line, right? right that right. no matter how good you are, the yeah. more work you can do to be a better leader. So that's one of the assumptions. But the other one is that leadership is a collection of skills, and therefore they can be taught and they can be learned. Now, for some people, it comes easy, well, easier, until they get to those more advanced ones that they can't detect, and then that's never easy for anybody. But some people seem to have a natural talent for leadership, and others, not so much. One thing interesting that happened, I worked with a CEO who was a very shy fellow, and he became appointed to CEO, and he said, I'm an introvert. I don't know if I can do this. Hmm. And I said, oh, yeah. And yes, you can. I did a white paper for him and, and handed it around to some others as well that you don't need to actually even be an extrovert. You need to be able to isolate a problem, draw a team together, get collaboration from everybody and hand over responsibilities to each, then follow up and then look again to see, are we on the right track or do we need to alter this? And if he can do that, well, this was about 10 years ago. And his results over these past 10 years in terms of building a team and producing fabulous results have been stunning. So um, you don't need to be have a center of gravity about you. You can be a kind of quiet person because the leadership skills can be taught. Therefore, they can be learned. Absolutely wonderful advice and encouraging for folks like me. I have a short attention span, so 30 seconds uh, usually is my limit <laughs> when it comes to reading. But the way you've outlined the book, again, it's unique because it is more conversational in style. And although those who have maybe purchased, looked at, or absorbed other leadership manuals, books, and ideas, I think this one is certainly at the top of the uh, top of the um, uh, reading desire, at least in my world. I think it has uh, has some wonderful merit in it. It's it uh, makes it possible for someone who is an introvert, as you've described, to become a wonderful and successful leader by applying some of the principles of your book. This book is in in business context, but as you've described it, it would work in a family environment. Just anybody who wants to be a maybe assertive, maybe a little more daring in their approach to life. I, I love I love the book. I love what you've done with it and how it's uh, how it's being received. Uh, the title of the book again is Leadership Rites of Passage: The Journey of the Aspiring Leader and the Methods of the Mentor. Beautifully done. Rick Terrell has been my guest, sir. Where do we get copies of this? Oh, anywhere. Just you I mean barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, just wherever you buy books, it's there. Um, and Jay, you know uh, thank you very much for for um, having me on this interview today. It's been a delight talking with you. Well, very kind of you. Well, thank you. Me. Thank you so much. Let me also spell your last name in case uh, in case someone out there is trying to to locate you. It's T I R R E 
double L, Terrell. And uh, this book is not the only thing you have published, so there's other material out there that people can follow you and uh, keep in contact. Have you developed a website that they can also connect with you? Uh, Yes. Um, So they can just type in Rick Terrell on Google, and they'll find stuff, all kinds of ways to connect. And I'm also on LinkedIn, but um, the name of our firm is Navigator Group. So www.navigatorgroupinc, don't forget the inc.com, Inc. like incorporated. You got to have, got to have Inc. Yes. Thank you, Rick. I've enjoyed visiting (laughs) with you. You are a a delight and certainly a talented uh, gentleman who has uh, put his skills to work in uh, and can talk about exactly what he's referring to in his book, Leadership Rites of Passage, The Journey of the Aspiring Leader and Methods of the Mentor. Rick Terrell has been my guest. Thank you, sir, for joining me today. Thank you, Jay. My pleasure for our universe. This is Jay Douglas Barker. iUniverse Radio is brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio is produced by TogiNet Radio. Radio with a cutting edge.